Thank you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. Victory Outreach Manchester. That's where God is. Amen. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I thank you today, O oh God, for being with us in the way that you are, for doing what it is you're doing. Lord, in the words of the song, for someone in this place, someone that's watching this, even when you don't see it, he's working. Lord God, I pray that we would understand how blessed we are. Open our eyes. Lord, just as the prophet said when he prayed about his servant, open his eyes that he can see, oh God, that there are more for us than there are against us. Lord, open everyone's eyes today, I pray, in the name of Jesus, that we can see the blessing that we have right in front of us, in Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking a lot about blessing this year. And it's important that we continue to do that. Very important that we continue to do that. Because what we say massively affects who we are and what we do. Amen? Are you still with me? From the, from the beginning. From the beginning. Are you blessed? All right. Very important that what we say massively affects who we are and what we do. I was reading, you know, all these um, psychological stuff and scientific stuff, and sometimes, you know, I just like a break away from reading and studying the Bible, and I start looking in different directions. I mean, if you know, that can be a good thing or a bad thing sometimes. You can go on little rabbit trails. But I was continuing to see stuff that just backs up what the Bible says. There is peer-reviewed studies, different things that are taking place. And the, 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 the thing about speaking is very, very important in, in, in terms of our consciousness, in terms of who we are. Because if you keep saying that I can never do it, I can't do it, I'm useless, I'm this and I'm that, guess what's going to take place within your life? You're going to become that. You're going to live that. You're going to be useless. You're not going to do anything. But it's not just positive speaking, it's speaking about what the Bible tells us to speak about, about ourselves. Very, very, very important. So I keep declaring that in this season that we're in. I am a blessed man. Yeah. Put, 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 put your hand on your heart right now. Just do this with me right now. Help me out. Just help yourself out. Just say this. Put your hand on your heart. You know where your heart is. It's in your chest. Amen. Some people, you've got your hand on your knee. If that's where your heart is, God, God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Or, or your hands are in your pockets. Well, maybe that's where your wallet or your purse is. And if that's where your heart is, then good luck. But put your hand on your heart and just say, just say out loud. Say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Say it again. I am, blessed. I am blessed. Some people don't do it because they don't believe it. Because there's a misconception sometimes about what blessing is all about. We have all sorts of hopes and desires mixed up with that word blessing. And sometimes it can be 
detrimental to our, our growth in, 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 our, in our faith. We have to understand what real blessing is and what it isn't. See, when you get the angle right at the beginning of everything that you do, everything will then flow into place after that. Call it the law of angles. And sometimes we think of blessing as something else than God describes it as. And we need to understand what it is and what it isn't. It isn't just, watch this what I'm saying. It isn't just having more money or material possessions. It isn't just turning up with a designer bag, a designer haircut, designer eyelashes, designer nails, turkey teeth. Come on, somebody. They call them turkey teeth. I've never seen a turkey with teeth. But you know what I'm talking about, right? It isn't just about that. That's, that's, that's okay. It's not even just about having amazing opportunities that open up in front of you financially or in terms of your career or relationally. It's not even just about fulfilling your dreams. Sometimes we get tripped up with that stuff. And we end up putting our blessing in the bracket of the world. You end up falling then into the trap of the devil, of Satan, the serpent. That was the same trap from the beginning. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What you feel like, what you, what you see, what, 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 what looks good to you, what makes you look good. We think that that's blessing. But there's people that have gone after that blessing and ended up following the devil. Right? You've got to understand what blessing is and what blessing isn't. Now, don't get me wrong. All that stuff is wonderful. It's okay to be financially blessed. Can someone say amen? amen. It's okay to have more than you need. Can someone say amen? amen. It's not a problem to dress, to dress nice. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not a problem to dress nice if you can afford it. It becomes a problem when you buy things you can't afford to impress people who don't care. With money you ain't got, right? Getting into debt to impress someone who don't, don't care anyway. They don't even think about you. Then there's a problem, amen? But it's okay to, to, to have job opportunities open up. It's not a problem. It's okay to advance in the career ladder. It's okay to have a business. But if that's everything that you think blessing is, then you're going to come unstuck. It's going to get sour very quickly. You're going to end up climbing up against that wall of success on a ladder, and then you'll get to the top of the ladder, and you'll find out you put it up against the wrong wall. There's nothing there. It's empty. You just trampled on people and left people behind to climb a ladder that gets you to a place where you're dripping in bling, you're dripping with, with, with designer clothes, you're looking good, hallelujah, and then there's no one else there. But it's okay to have that stuff as long as we get it in the right order. So what's the order? What are we looking at? There's something that stands over those things in terms of the blessing hierarchy, right? Stuff, material stuff is okay. But there's something that stands above the material world. You've got to understand. Two times God's spoken to me. That's given me my life kind of direction. Two times. Clear. First time was in 1997 at a conference in San Diego. And I went there, it was a Victory Outreach conference. I graduated the home in 96. 
I was running the home in London, gone to this conference. I was going to leave the ministry because I was a white cockney from the east end of London and everyone around me was a black West Indian in London or, in, uh, or an African and then everyone in America was Hispanic, right? So I was the only white nut in the chopped chick nut cookie that is Victory Outreach. And I was going to leave because I didn't feel that I fitted in. I didn't feel that there was anyone there that I could belong with. I, I, I didn't want to become something I wasn't. I didn't want to change the way I spoke necessarily. I didn't want to change the way I dressed necessarily. I didn't want to change my customs necessarily and my traditions of growing up just to fit in. Just to fit in. There's the problem. When you do it, just to fit in. When you do it because you want to adventure and you want to taste new things and you want to experience new things, that's a different, that's a different thing. But just to fit in, no, man, it was fake. It felt fake. I didn't want to do it. And I got there and I was like, after this conference, man, I'm landing in London and I'm going to see ya. It's been, it's been lo lovely. I'm going to find somewhere else. God spoke to me at that conference and he said this. He said, be yourself and be for real. There's a place for you. Change me. It changed me. It might not seem a lot for you. It was massive for me. It showed that I didn't have to fake it to make it. I mean, if you know, that's such a lie. Fake it to make it. Then you make it and you're still fake. Huh? Right? Fake it to make it. No. Be real. Be yourself and be for real. Be who God created you to be. So that set me going. Then a year later at another conference, 1998, I was like, what do I do? I'm doing all that. I'm trying to be, be this. Where do I go? What do you want for me for the rest of my, my life? What do you want me to know? What is the word for me, God? Another conference. God said to me two words. He said, know me. Know me. Some of you know we can know about him. I mean, if you know, we can work for him. I mean, if you know, we can give to him. We can sacrifice to him and for him. But if you don't know him, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we learn how to do the Christian hop in services? Didn't we know how to say shakalakalaka? Didn't we learn how to do this in your name? Didn't we do all this in your name? Didn't we give everything we had in your name? Didn't we sow a seed in your name to the, the, the preacher on TV? Didn't we do all that stuff? And he'll say to, to us, be gone from me, I didn't even know you. And then he goes, you didn't do the will of my father. You did your will or their will, but not his will. Know me, know me. So when I was pre praying about this, because I'm like, I'm in blessing season. God told me I'm in blessing season. Let me testify, man, God is blessing me. Really blessing me, man. We've gone from zero to, you know, hallelujah in, in just the course of a few weeks. Really blessed. I'm not just saying it. I am not preaching something I ain't living. And I'm not telling you to believe something that's not becoming a reality in our lives, in my life. I'm a blessed man. That means if you bless me, you're going to be blessed. And if you curse me, I'm going to bless you. That's what the Bible tells me to do. I don't want anyone to, to, to get messed up. Amen. But it's it's there's something powerful in knowing what the blessing is. What the blessing is. 
Jesus is the blessing. Jesus is the reason. Jesus. Someone say that name. Jesus. There is no greater name. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the blessing. Lots of people think of him in terms of being the blesser. Like he's some sort of ATM, spiritual ATM. You know, like a JTM, you know what I mean? JTM, I'm just going to go to the JTM. <laughs> he's going to bless me, right? And we want to bless him. Oh, we pray because we want something. And then we get it backwards. But Jesus is the reason. He's the one who can give you what you need and you want. And he can and he does. But ultimately, Jesus is the blessing. Jesus is the blessing. Because everything in life, in, in, in the created universe, the material universe and beyond, in the immaterial places beyond, in eternity, everything is about relationship. You've got to understand, it's all about connectedness. It's all about relationship. You go down to a quantum level, it's all about relationship. You go to a, a macro level, a micro level, it's all about relationship, the relationship that things have with each other. Everything is about relationship. Everything in salvation, in Christianity, it's not about what you know. You can pray five times a day, you can give to this, you can do that, you can sacrifice yourself, circumcise yourself, you can do whatever it is, sit under a tree and grow your fingernails for 50 years, you can stand on one leg, you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but it's not about what you know or what you can do. Salvation is about who you know, because if you ain't got Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you ain't saved. It's, it's, salvation is this. This is eternal life, John chapter 17. That they may know the one true and living God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's it. It's about relationship. It's about becoming intimate with Jesus. And that is the greatest blessing that anyone can ever have in their life. Is by getting to know Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen. Getting to know Jesus. Sometimes we think, well, I got to know Jesus and I haven't got me house yet. I'm still single and unsatisfied. I haven't had me child that I've prayed for yet. I haven't got that job that I wanted yet. Oh, I'm not blessed. But wait a minute. You said that you came to Jesus and Jesus forgave you of your sin. He took your wrongs and gave you his rights. He wrote your name in his book. He said that you can have a new chance and a new start, that you're going to be with the Father in eternity forever and you're still complaining that you're not blessed. My goodness. But the thing is this, when you put your relationship with Him first, when you put your relationship with Jesus front and centre, your life will become rich. And I'm talking about more than just money. I'm talking about rich. You know, someone, sometimes you look at people, people look at me sometimes, I'm sure. And they think, that dude must be rich. Sometimes it's because I have a little bit of a belly, hallelujah. Maybe, in some societies, that shows that I am the rich man. But it's actually, I have an abdominal hernia, so that's why my belly sticks out. <laughs> Just letting you know, just in case you've looked at him and thought the pastor's fat. No. No, no, no. <laughs> but you become rich. Rich. Rich in relationship. 
You can become rich in health. You can become rich in, 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 in friendship. You can become rich in purpose. You can become rich in all of the areas. But you're going to be rich forever. This is the thing. Because of Jesus Christ. Let's look again at who Jesus is and what he did. I think sometimes we need a refresher. You know, if you've been in church for a while, sometimes, you know, the problems, the things that you need to do, the service plans, you know, we... We plan for the services. We go up there before the, in the green room. We're there planning for the service. We're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. And you're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that after that. And then we're going to do that before that. And then finally, we're going to get to the point where maybe God's going to move. Sometimes you get into that. Sometimes you come to church, and you're like, you know, I'm going to go to church. And then you're looking at your watch, and, you know, you're wondering what's going to happen after church. And, oh, it's going on a long time. And, you know, oh, I wonder how long it's going to be because I've got the dinner on. I've got to make this appointment. I've made this appointment. I've got to get to the store. I've got to get to the shops before they shut. And you've got all these other things in place of me in Jesus. Sometimes we need a little bit of a refresher course of who he is. There's a lot of misconceptions about Jesus. Some people, some religions, some people, they'll, they'll, they'll happily tell you that he's a prophet. And he was. They'll say he's a teacher. And he was. But he's so much more than that. He is the same in being as the Father and the Spirit. People ask me, what's the Trinity? You know, what is the Trinity? The Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, it's, it's, it's all through the Bible, actually. But it's a relationship. That, just that word Trinity is not in the Bible. Same way as the Shahada is not in the Quran, or this thing's not in that book, or the Bhagavad Vita, you know, the, the certain things, they're not in there, but the components are there, right? God is what's called species unique. There's no other God. In the Bible, it talks about him being Elohim, which is a plural word, right? And it doesn't just mean that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are Elohim. It also talks about any spiritual being as being Elohim. It's just a word for spiritual being in the Bible. People get tripped out. But every Elohim is spiritual, right? Every spirit is Elohim. But no other Elohim is God. His species unique. He is one in being, three in persons. People are like, how does that work? Well, how many humans do we have in the house? There's only one human, man. We got uh, uh, uh. Nephilim alert. Nephilim alert. We got some Nephilim in the house. Undercover Nephilim. How many humans do we have? Who identifies as being a human? Human being. How many human beings are there on the planet? How many? Seven, nearly eight billion, right? Persons, one species, human. Amen? God is one in being, three in person, species unique. He's different than us. That means that Jesus is special. Jesus is uncreated. How does that work? He was born, yeah, but he was uncreated from the beginning. 
And what he is in the Bible, you see him all the way through Scripture. You see him in the Old Testament. Where do you see Jesus in the Old Testament? Jesus is the visible person of God. He is the visible Yahweh. You see him all the way through the, the Old Testament before he became incarnate. Look at what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. The whole chapter is amazing, by the way. Read the whole chapter. It will put context into your life. It will smash you to pieces. It will give you a foundation. It's incredible. But we're just going to read two verses. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So when people saw God, who did they see? He existed before anything was created. He existed before anything was created. So he's not created. He's self-existent. He is supreme over all creation. Jesus is Lord. For through him, watch this, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. God the Father said the word. Woo. Come on, right? He made the things we can see. Check this out. This is powerful. And the things we can't see. So he made the earth. He made the sea. He made the birds. He made the bees. He made the badgers and the otters of this world. You've got to love an otter. Amen. I love otters. He made them all. But watch this. The things we can see and the things we can't see. Such as the thrones and the, the kingdoms and the rulers and the authorities in the unseen realm. He made the principalities. He made the spiritual beings. He made the ones that control the universe. He made every angel. He made the seraphim. He made the cherubim. He made the beasts of four faces. He made the archangels. He made everything that we can see and we can't see. He's over everything. This is Jesus. He existed Everything was created through him and for him. Verse 17. He existed before anything else. Watch this. And he holds all creation together. Why is this important? Why is this important? It was the pre-incarnate. What they call the pre-incarnate. Before he was born. Right? Before he became a baby. Baba, mama. You know, and all that stuff. Abba. You know, before he looked at Mary and dribbled. Right? Because he did all them things before Joseph, you know, wiped his loincloth, whatever it was that he was wearing as a baby in those days. It was the pre-incarnate Jesus who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. Who do you think it was? It was the pre-incarnate Jesus that sat with Abraham under the terebinth tree outside Sodom. Who do you think it was? Jesus met with Moses. Jesus met with Elijah. And all of this before he was actually born as a human. But then he was born as a human. Why was he born as a human? Because humanity, God's creation, God's second creation, 
the material creation. He'd already made the immaterial creation, the angels and the, the celestial beings and all the rest of it. But he wanted this earth-born people made from dust to fellowship with, to carry his image, to become like him. It's powerful. So why was he born? Why? Because we know humanity went off key. They tripped out. They followed the, the snake's temptation. They listened to the lie. They, they, they took the bait of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Don't obey God. Obey what it is that you want. And then what we had when, when they obeyed that, even though they knew that God was against that, and they knew that there was a consequence for that, is that all of a sudden we had subjective reality unleashed upon the world. Be your own God. Make your own decisions about what's right and wrong. Identify however you want to identify. Say whatever you want to say. Subjective reality. And we see that in the world around us now. It's still the same. The same temptation that Adam and Eve fell for, other Adam and Eves, other humans right now are falling for the same temptation. Time after time after time after time. But Jesus came to break that. He came to redeem that. He came to restore that. He came to live as a human without subjective reality. He still stayed under the objective reality of the lawgiver himself. He took the law of God to heart. He, did never, he never disobeyed his father. He never sinned. And in doing so, when he went into the wilderness before his ministry started, what did the devil do? He came and he tempted him with the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But instead of saying, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the shortcut. I'm going to do the easy thing. He, he, he went back to the word of God. He came under the word of God. He obeyed the word of God. I don't know if you're catching this or if this is too deep for you, but I'm trying to tell you who Jesus is. If you can catch this, whoo, And then he bought our salvation through his perfect life and his sacrificial death. His blood wiped out the requirements. His blood paid the price, paid the debt. And then for his resurrection and his ascension back up to the Father, guess what, guess what that did? It guaranteed the place of humanity in eternity. What was lost in the garden, man walking with God, where there was symbiosis, synergy, where there was all these things taking place, where there was no separation until man sinned and they were cast out of the garden. They were cast out of the presence of God. Jesus paid the price so that you can have access to the very throne of God and the very presence of God through the blood of Jesus. Right now, and we see in part, but one day we're going to be walking on streets of solid gold, living in a land where you never grow old. You're going to see the, the, the son of the living God, you're going to speak to him, you're going to touch him, you're going to see the Father's presence there on the throne, it's going to be with us for eternity, Jesus did that, and then don't forget this, all those of you that you have nightmares and you've had 
spirits that have attacked you. How many of you have ever had a spirit attack you? Try to strangle you, try to crush you, speak into your, into your nightmares, speak into your dreams, tell you negativity, try and condemn you, try and keep you in guilt and shame. Come on, somebody. When the spirits of darkness that, that, that still operate in this world around us, and in the West, we're like, nah, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about these demons. Listen, you come from a third world country where there isn't such a, 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 an emphasis on technology and science. You know that there is the spirit of the juju man sending stuff out. You know there is a demon coming for you. You know there are these things and spirits, right? I've been a missionary in these countries and I have seen the power of darkness manifest. I've even seen it in this country. And sometimes it comes against your family members and it brings madness. Sometimes it comes against people and it releases addiction. Sometimes it comes and it releases, you know, just, just, just perversion and madness and darkness and depression and all of those things. There are spirits that are operating amongst us in the unseen realm. But understand this, don't forget, Jesus made everything in the unseen realm. He made them. But even though they were made good, they went off key, some of them. Not all of them, but some of them. But he still has authority over all of them. What does that mean for us? Check this out. It means that the closer you get to Jesus, the more that you know and understand who he is, the less power darkness is going to have in your life. I'm serious. If you're in darkness, right, and you see a room over there that, are, that the light's on, the closer you get to the place that the light is on, the more you can see. The more you can see where you're going. The more you can see what's trying to trip you up. The more you can see around you what's taking place. The more you can see yourself, the more you can see that if I can get near the light, then the darkness is not there. There's no light, there's no darkness in the place where the light is. Because darkness cannot stay where light is. And Jesus is the light of the world. When we come to Him and we know that He is the one that we need to get close to, many of these things just dissipate. They, 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 they just can't stay. Your guilt cannot stand. In the presence of the forgiver. Can't. Your guilt is only standing because you're, you're, you're staying away from him. Because the guilt is keeping you away from the place where you're, the light is going to shine. You're going to see the guilt for a while and then it's going to be washed clean. In his presence. Because of who he is and because of what he's done. And because you came close to him. Because you obeyed his word. Because you did what he said. Darkness can't stay. Just the other week, I was in bed, and I was sick. I got sick. I very rarely get sick. I got sick. Everyone around me got sick. I got COVID for the first time. First time I've had COVID. I thought I was immune. I was going to sell me blood to science and everything. <laughs> I am the antidote. Hallelujah. Everyone in my house has had COVID several times. I'm like, I'm just skipping through. Like, la, la, la. I'm just going for, I'm the COVID, I'm the COVID king. You know what I mean? Can't touch me. <laughs> then I got COVID. I think Vicky switched the thing. I'm still, I'm still not receiving it, really. 
I'm like, no, man. But it came up, there was two lions, right? Two lions. I'm like, what? That's not mine. But I had a little bit of a cough and, you know, a bit, bit snotty. You know how it is? A bit tired. Used it a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. I've just got to lay down. Gave me an excuse to chill out for a couple of days. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to take it where you find it, man. Come on now. I'm born again, but I wasn't born again yesterday. You've got to work this thing sometimes. Amen? But I was going to sleep one night, and, and, and because I was snorting and snotting, and Vicky was sick as well, we slept in different beds. I slept in Lily's bed, our daughter, because she's in Los Angeles right now at the UTC. I went and slept in her bed, just so that, you know, we could get a night's sleep. Amen? And I, I, I laid there. I started falling asleep. You know, when, you, you know when they're falling asleep, right? All of a sudden, this thing just got on me. I thought Vicky was coming to stop me snoring or something. <laughs> I felt hands around my throat. I even apologized to her. <laughs> I didn't. I'm just kidding. I added that embellishment. Because she'd just smother me with a pillow. She wouldn't. Leave no marks. Hallelujah. I'm messing. I'm messing. Bad taste. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. I felt this thing strangling me, crushing me. Really physical. It was physical. And I was like, like really heavy. Just in that bit when I'm going to sleep. And I woke up. And it was crushing me. It was a, almost a physical thing. And I've had it a few times before. I've had some mad, mad stuff that's happened. But it was really, really dark. Fear and coldness on me. And you know what I did? I said, Jesus is Lord. Right? And it was a struggle to get the words out. But they were the first words that came to me. Not help. Not who are you. Not Vicky, get off. I did it to make a point. Because sometimes we can trip out that, that things are happening and we blame all sorts of stuff but don't get to the root of stuff. But I switched on the light. I said, Jesus is Lord. I said, Jesus rebuke you. In Jesus' name, get away. In Jesus' name, go. And I started to find myself speaking out more and more, you can say that it was just a sleep thing. It was an unconscious thing. I don't care what you say. It happened to me. It was real. And what happened was real. And when I started to turn on the light of Jesus' name, this darkness went. It went. It just went. But check this out. Because it has happened to me before, because I have faith in Jesus, because I've been praying before I went to bed, because I'm familiar with the light, when it went, I didn't get up and start walking around and start holding my head and start wondering and making phone calls and putting it on social media. I just laid back down and went to sleep. Because where the light is, the darkness cannot stay. 
And when Jesus is on your lips, when Jesus is in your heart, when Jesus is front and centre in your life, when you know that you have a blessing and His name is Jesus, then no darkness can come and stay anywhere around you. No weapon that is formed against you can prosper. No tongue that rises up against you in accusation can be uncondemned. Jesus made them. Jesus rules them. I'm going to finish with this. Jesus still blesses us today. There's something called the ironic blessing. It was a threefold blessing that God gave to his, the nation, the new, brand new nation of Israel as they were coming out from oppression in Egypt, they were learning how to be a people under God. And he blessed them. We even know there's power in blessing. I've done marital counseling before, and sometimes one person's critical of the other person, and the other person lives up to the criticism. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes out of spite. Come on, somebody. We even do it today. Vicky will say something to me and, you know, you, you the, other, the, the, the other day, she said something to me the other day. And so I started doing it more. She was critical of me in, in, in an area of my life and I started doing it even more. And then you ended up falling into the trap of doing it and thinking that you, that's you and it wasn't. It was just, you trip out and get tripped up, Right? So instead of, if criticism hasn't worked, why not try blessing? Can all the men say, amen, man, hallelujah. Can all the women say, mm, okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> hallelujah, right? Bless. Sometimes we're, we're really hard on our kids, too hard on our kids sometimes. And yeah, we, we, you know, we need to discipline our children because we love them. But sometimes if the same, same tactic is not working, change tactics. Bless. Bless. Pray blessing. Pray blessing. Pray blessing over your boss, even though he's a nightmare. Because the Bible says, bless your enemies. Pray blessing. Pray blessing. When we first moved here, and I'm coming into a close. When we first moved here, me and Vicky, we moved into a place called Odsall, which is a beautiful little village. In Salford. Amen. It was like a gated community. Because it was a no-go area for the police and for any normal person. There were normal people living in there in, in, in very not normal conditions. And we were just targeted by the local gangs because we were new. They didn't know who we were. And we had black people live with us in a predominantly white area. It was quite racist at the time. And it was horrible. We had mad things. Some of you remember petrol bombs and cars driven into the side of our building and blown up, people pulling knives on me. And one night I started to really curse these kids, man. I got dressed up in black and I'm not going to tell you the story because you'll think bad of me. <laughs> Gloves, tapes. I was ready, man, to go and prophesy over someone. <laughs> Give them the right hand of fellowship. God said to me, why do you condemn these? 
He said, I didn't send you to this place to condemn them, but to be an example to them. The next day I woke up. You know what I did? All the kids was there spitting and cursing and throwing bricks and all that. And I went up to them. And instead of shouting at them, you, you know, you this and that. Right? I gave them a football. I said, here, guys, come here. Take this. New football. Go and play football, man. Be blessed. I never gave them a football. And they looked at me like scowls had fallen off their eyes. Why is this? Why are you doing this? Just, I want to bless you. The Lord started to give me compassion. I started to see that some of them were in abusive families. Some of them had, had sexual abuse. Some of them didn't have any money. Some of them, their parents were in jail. Some of them had... You don't know people's backstories. But when you bless someone, when someone curses you and you bless them, you give them an opportunity to see how they could behave. And we started to bless them. Things started to change. It was never easy there, but it was never that difficult again. Blessing. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. The first half of each line gives us three things for the three verses. It gives us his blessing. It gives us his smile and his pleasure. You've got to understand the Lord's pleased with you. But what have I done? You, you trusted him. That pleases him. It gives you his favor. But what have I done? Nothing. He's done it. Salvation is the only system that there is, philosophically or, or religiously, that is not achieved. It's received. Nothing you can do to earn salvation. All you've got to do is trust in the Savior, that he has done everything. In other words, these first three sections, the first parts of this blessing, shows this. You get his full attention. You've got to understand, you've got his full attention. If you trust in Jesus, he's watching you. He sees the hairs on your heads grow. He knows. He, 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 he clothes you better than the lilies of the field. He, 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 he counts the cost even more than a sparrow. He knows you. He knows you intimately. You have his attention. He looks for you. He waits for you. He watches for you. He's there for you. He protects you even when you don't know you're being protected. You have his full attention. And then the second half of each line offers the Lord's great protection, his gracious provision, and his grace-filled peace. In other words, God then takes action in our lives. Not only have you got his attention, you've also got his action. He ain't just going to tell you you're blessed and then not bless you. What more could we ever desire than to know the blesser? 
Jesus makes all these things a reality for all his people. Verse 27, check this and we're closing. And I've said that 15 times, but we really are. Verse 27, after this blessing, God says to Moses, so shall the priests put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So when he pronounced the blessing, look what he did. He puts his name. When, when, when you come to the blesser, you get his name. You're, you're part of his family. Then when your enemies come and they say, look how big I am. Look at my dad, Satan. Look how big he is. Look how bad he is. You can say, yeah, you want to meet my dad? You want to meet my dad? Because I carry his name. That means he identifies you as his own. You belong to him. And you will know it and everyone around you will know it. When they were blessed, they knew it and all the surrounding, surrounding nations knew that these belonged to, to, to the Lord of hosts. It means that we are his people and we represent him in the world. If he is the blessing and he releases the blessing, that means we're blessed to be a blessing. We are there to represent the blesser everywhere we go. That means every day of every every day of your life, you can bless someone. Instead of cursing them, bless them. If someone tries to cut in line, let them get in line. Bless you. You know, there's been people that have wanted a punch in the nose. Seriously. Can we be real? Right? Some people do stuff and say stuff and you just want to punch them in the nose. But I don't. I don't. The grace of God, the discipline of God, the, the Word of God. Things come upon you that stop you from doing that. And that's a blessing. Some people don't realize how blessed they are that they don't get punched on the nose. Because Jesus is the one that changes our lives. Because we're close to the blesser, we become more like Him. And instead of doing violence, we bring peace. Instead of gossiping, we speak well of. Come on, somebody. Instead of being stingy, we're generous. Instead of taking, we give. Instead of wanting everyone to do everything we want, we serve. And in doing so, we are shining light into dark areas. We are representing Jesus Christ. His favour, His goodness and His blessing. We carry His name. We image Him. You're an imager. Just as Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. So each and every one of us is an image of Jesus to someone else. Ooh. Be someone that injects the reality of Jesus into someone's life. Don't be someone that becomes an antidote <laughs> because your life is a vaccine against the life of Jesus. That's what Jesus wants for us to know and to be. He wants us to know that he's the blessing. If you have him, you have everything. If you have him, you've got it all. You're gonna, even, and even if you're sick and you die, we prayed for someone and we didn't even know if they were going to live. But we know that they're a Christian. 
And even if they die, they're going to live. One day there's going to be no sickness. One day there's going to be no mental problems. One day there's going to be no temptation. One day there's going to be no death. One day there's going to be no darkness. One day there's going to be no devil. Imagine those days. Imagine the days when you're just with the blessing and you're in the blessing and you're part of the blessing forever and ever and ever. And until that time, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Come to Him right now. I want us to do this one thing. Would you stand with me? We're just going to do one thing. As we close, I, 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 I'm telling you right now, this is what we need to do. All of the blessings are secondary, they're byproducts. Knowing the blesser is the main thing. If you've never given your heart or life fully to Jesus, I mean fully, you've given him everything. Your rights, your wrongs, your goods, your bads your failures, your successes, everything. If you've never done that, today's the day to do it. And even if you have done that, but you're struggling in certain areas, you know that you've fallen away somewhere, you've, you've placed limitations on God. You thought they were boundaries on ministry and church, but they're actually limitations on Jesus. Nothing wrong with boundaries. Everything wrong with limitations. If that's you, and today you just say, I want, I want for today, for tomorrow, from this day on, I want to get closer again to the blesser. I want Jesus to be front and center in my life. I want, I want to make everything about him and watch what he does. I don't want to be 50-50. friend of mine said, part-time Christians can't beat full-time devils. If that's you and you say, right now, I want to connect with a blesser. Right now, wherever you're at, lift up your hands and close your eyes. Just lift up your hands and say, I want to connect with a blesser. I want to connect with you, Jesus, and speak to him right now. If you're online right now, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Right now, get on your knees, get on your face, lift up your hands, and just get with Jesus right now. He's there, he's watching, he's waiting, he's beckoning. His arms are outstretched. He's saying, come to me if you're weary. If you're burdened. If you're carrying heavy loads. He says, learn how to live the right way. Learn how to live my way. Learn to live in peace. Learn to live with favor. Learn to live in light. Be the light. Learn right now. Learn right now. Someone in this place, you're coming to Jesus Maybe for the first time, someone's coming back to him. None of us can be too proud to think we're too far into our salvation that we can never ever drift away from Jesus. Listen to me. It happens all the time. Repentance is an ongoing discipline. It just means you just turn back to him when you start getting drifted off, when you start getting distracted. Turn back to him. Look at him. Gaze at him. You can see him. You can see him because he's the visible representation of the invisible God. Look at him. He says, I want to show you who I am again.
He's going to, listen, I'm prophesying right now. He's going to be with you. He's going to be with us closer than we've ever known him in these next weeks and months. And there is some things that we're going to learn about ourselves and we're going to learn about him that are going to richen and deepen our, our, our lives. Your reality is about to become even more real. There are things that you've been holding on to that have been hindering you that you're just going to release them. You feared to release them, but you're going to come into contact with the blesser and you're going to see him and you're going to see yourself and you're going to see that those things were hindering you and you're just going to let them go. And in turn, you're going to reach out to him and he's going to place in your hands the things that are going to bless you. There's blessings that are coming that are really going to bless you. Really going to bless you. Stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking that you need to compete. Stop thinking that you, you need to have what the world has. Stop thinking that and start saying, Jesus, give me what it is you, you know that I need. Give me the people around me that you know are going to bless me and enhance me. If I, I have to release toxic people, then let them go in Jesus' name. Give me the job satisfaction of doing something that is real and right. Give me people around me that I know, oh God, that you've sent me to that place at that time for such a, such a time as that. Bless us as we come to the blesser. Just start speaking words to him right now. Come on, take your time. Take a minute. Speak to Jesus. Tell him what you want. Tell him who he is to you. Tell him you love him. You know, one of my biggest breakthroughs once was I went into prayer and I just said, Jesus, it was the hardest time of my life. And I just said, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. It was like light shone into the darkness. It was like a window opened and light shone into my life. Things just changed. Right now, it doesn't matter what you're going through. He will go with you. He ain't going to let you go through it alone. Some things you have to go through. The valley of the shadow of death, you have to go through it to get to the next mountain. He says, but I will be with you. He says, my protection is going to be with you. He says, my direction is going to be with you. He says, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not an orphan. You're a son and you are a daughter. You belong to the family of God. You carry the name that is above every other name. There is no other name by which we can be saved other than the name of Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach Ben HaMivorach He carries the name of salvation He is the Saviour He is the Redeemer He is the Provider He is the Protector He is the Healer He is the one that goes with us He goes before us He is the one that straightens every crooked path He is the one that cuts through the bars and pulls down the gates he is the one that gives us everything that we need. He's the resourcer. He's the life that we need. He is the one that we worship. He is the goodness in our lives. There is no one else like Him. Come on, begin to speak out who He is to you. Begin to worship Him. Begin to speak to Him. Begin to speak to Him. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. Go to our website, vomanchester.org.uk for more information.